when St. Paul talks about the flesh in our second reading today, what exactly does he mean? Well, by the word flesh, Paul refers to that which is earthly, that which is temporal or, or, or profane. And to struggle with sin in the eyes of St. Paul is to live in the flesh. And by contrast, the spirit is synonymous with grace, with holiness, and with Christ himself. It's interesting that St. Paul uses that word flesh to describe something earthly or even something sinful. He doesn't mean that our bodies are bad. That's an important thing that we have to stress. But Paul, by using this word flesh, he acknowledges that our human flesh, our human nature, is certainly fallen. And that the flesh can be a source of sinful temptation, for sure. There is no shortage of these temptations nowadays, the desires of the flesh, things like food, drink, lust, selfish gratification, even things like gambling. They dominate our society in ways both bombastic and subtle. And so Christ came to redeem sinful humanity, but he also came to redeem our flesh, so to speak. By becoming one of us, by taking on human flesh, Christ came to redeem human flesh. And in my own life, uh, there's been a beautiful journey with the Lord uh, that I've experienced these last few months or so, helping me to be a bit more free from one particular desire of the flesh. Many of you have been very kind and very observant, that I'm a little bit thinner, and there's less of me to look at up here. And it's been a journey, for sure, a journey that began around Ash Wednesday, when I realized how much of a hole I had dug myself into, and how much of my life was ruled by desires of the flesh, namely food. I've been a stress eater for many years. It's where I go when I feel depleted. And very often, I would succumb to those desires with very little or any control over them. And our God wanted me, thankfully, to be a little bit more free from that. You see, brothers and sisters, when we live in the flesh, we don't have a proper control over our desires. Whether it be food or drink or pleasure, they control us. These desires so often dictate so much of our lives, how we spend our time, how much sleep we get, what we think about, what we daydream about on a regular basis. Our lives are so often ruled by desires of the flesh. And when this happens, brothers and sisters, we are not free. We are held captive by our base desires and longings of the flesh. And yes, we call these base desires, lower desires. They are desires of our lower nature. The human rather than the spiritual. These desires at the end of the day seek to bring us down. That we live less rationally and more, if you will, animalistic at times. And oftentimes when these desires have the upper hand over us, they affect our actions, our relationships, and yes, even our identity. Because we so often feel that we are defined by our sinful desires. And our lives, therefore, revolve around satisfying these desires whenever they might come around. But to draw from our Lord, 
On the bread of lower desires, no one can live. This is not how you and I are called to live, brothers and sisters. We are made for more. We are made for joy. We are made for self-mastery. St. Paul tells us in our second reading today, we are called to not be in the flesh, to not live in the flesh, to not be slaves or debtors to the base desires of the flesh. If you're like me, when you crave Doritos really, really hard, you are very much in debt to the flesh. And sin happens when our desires, our appetites, and our passions gain the upper hand over reason. When our desires gain the upper hand over reason. That our desires become unreasonable and we still give in to them. But real virtue, brothers and sisters, comes when those desires are placed under the control of our reason. Not all of those desires are bad. Like, we get hungry three times a day, that's a good thing. But not all of those desires are bad, but we have to use them reasonably. And to use them for our good. That is our goal. So brothers and sisters, I would offer maybe three things that can help us, whatever those desires might be that we might struggle with, whether that's food, drink, uh, or, or, or lust, maybe. The first of which is confession. When our sinful desires have overtaken us, when we have succumbed to the flesh and its allurements, we are called to go to our Lord because we need the grace of that sacrament of reconciliation to restore us to grace and to right relationship. That has to be the first step, the very first step that we undertake, to run to our Lord and say, Lord, I have fallen and I need your grace in order to get back up again. The second thing we can maybe do is little works of penance and mortification. It's maybe the part we like the least. We don't like penance. It's penance after all. But I would argue that it is vital to gaining the upper hand over the desires of our flesh. We have to have experience telling ourselves no once in a while. After all, Christ fasted in the desert for 40 days, and he did so that we might merit the grace to say no when real temptation comes around. Think about it. It's why we have Lent itself. I mean, no one's ever gone to hell for eating a chicken sandwich on a Friday. It's not something that is objectively wrong in and of itself. It's something morally neutral. Now, we say no to it, of course, during that holy season. But it's an opportunity for us to do something, again, morally neutral, to grow in willpower so that when real temptation comes, we have a little bit more experience and an ability to say no. We have a brother in mortification and penance in Christ himself. And then finally, maybe the last key to us, for us to overcome desires of the flesh, is the Holy Eucharist. In the Eucharist, we receive the strength to rise above our sensual desires and let our desire for the Eucharist dominate our lives rather than our base passions. If our lives revolve around the Eucharist, then we will find our proneness to sin diminished a little bit. Through the flesh and blood of Christ, we learn to live above our fallen flesh and give our souls something higher to desire, something more profound to long for. 
that can only be found in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. So what are the desires to which we all too easily succumb? How are we debtors to the flesh in our own way? Let us use the aids at our disposal given to us by Christ to help rise above our lower nature and no longer live by our fleshly desires so that the spirit of Christ might be more perfect in us, that we might obtain the freedom and joy that comes from living not by bread alone, but by the grace and power of Christ himself.